0: Talk Radio.
1: Great joy and good afternoon, and happy first day of spring, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on The Art of the CEO, the show that brings you the most fascinating and, well, really the most helpful leaders in the business community from around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson,
0: the Hieronymous
1: Bosch of business. Look it up. And So, you have, let's say, a 30 ton mining locomotive that you've made in San Diego, and it needs to get to East Nowhere, Siberia, just north of the Mongolian border. Or you've launched a booming multi piece product that's being made somewhere in the Pacific Rim, but demand has exploded and you need the parts now. Who are you going to call? How are you going to get it shipped at the speed you need? Well, uh, without going bankrupt. Well, the man you need is Mr. Abed Medawar, founder of Somerset Marine, who can move anything, no matter how large or bizarre, I understand, from point A to on one part of the planet to point B on the other. So, whether you are an inventor of a new line of bioethanol-based bottling seeking to move and make a product worldwide, like Yogi, or you're like Reagan, an entrepreneurial importer bringing in autos to the United States from Iceland. Pull up your chair a little closer, join our Feast of Wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Abed, uh, I'm so glad that you could come on with us today.
0: Thank you. Happy and, to be with you, Bart.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, uh, we've just had a huge snowstorm, and uh, I hope that didn't shut down any, any of the ports or, or did it. Uh,
0: it did uh, on uh, Tuesday when the storm came. Uh, we had, of course, known ahead of time because of the forecast. So the the people that run the ports and airports uh, put out a notice that the uh, terminals would be closed that day, just just to make sure everybody's home safe and and they, they and they did. So uh, going in, we knew that that day was not gonna not gonna be a functioning one at the at the ports.
1: I bet it must have been a thrill to some uh, sea captain out there steaming his way in, but. You and Somerset Marine are uh, really in the business of moving things safely, swiftly, thriftily, um, all over point a, from as I say from point A to point B, which is about uh, as much of an oversimplification as saying that a general merely prepares for war. But we're talking a one and a half trillion dollar industry. Shipping is that, and. So if you could give us a little bit of a keyhole of understanding, just a little shot into the complexities of travel logistics, uh, how about sharing with us one of your absolutely toughest, most challenging transportation stories? Got anything you can recall?
0: Sure, Bart. Um, we actually just uh, just finished one um, Delivered it, uh, I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday this week. Uh, We were asked by a client to ship an airplane, a custom made airshow airplane um, that they had uh, built in the Netherlands. Uh, over the last few years and was running behind schedule, um, to ship this airplane from um, from the Netherlands to the U.S. And, um, oh. you know, we had to figure out a way to, to, to get it here ASAP. It was already delayed, so sea freight was not going to be an option. Um, they wanted to fly it in and the trick was to uh figure out a way to, to pack it in such a, a compact way um <laughs> that number one they could reassemble it again when it arrived in the US but also to minimize sure. the shipping expenses because when you when you ship something, you know, every inch or every cubic foot or cubic meter matters to to the cost. And oh, so we yeah, did. Sure. We we put together a put together a plan to pick it up in, in the Netherlands and bring it to an airport and uh fly it. Um, to uh to the u s to new york to j f k airport and then truck it from j f k to um to tennessee where the um, where the business is located, so it was pretty challenging but it was it was also fun wow. because in the end it was wow. very rewarding because we we gave him what he was looking for and he he was very happy so
1: what what kind of plane did you put it in did you put what kind of plane did you put the plane in?
0: You know, you, you typically have two choices. You have a passenger aircraft, the kind that you and I fly yeah, I on know. when we when we go abroad, and then you have a cargo airplane, uh strictly Correct. for cargo, and it's just a long tube. Um and and so uh in this case we had to use a cargo aircraft. Um ah. because uh, we needed that extra space. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh I can imagine. Well now, uh, I have a, uh the the immense improvements and changes in the in the shipping uh, industry have, have really re- revolutionized uh, our world of business, I'm, I'm saying, as greatly as the computer. Uh, and I was wondering if you could uh, it, so much has changed from, from what it was 20 years ago, uh, even 10. What, what, could you just give us one or two items that have changed in the shipping trade that have uh, contributed to a change in our own business process?
0: Well, I think the containerization of freight um, was really the, the the most dramatic change in yeah,
1: um,
0: yeah. in cargo transportation. You know, uh, and you know, even though that happened back in the '60s, I think um, it's right. still very, very recent in the overall scope of cargo transportation going back you know thousands of years so up until the sixties cargo was lifted on and off ships you know by by crane or you know the way we see it in the movies or on tv in the old days when everybody would go to ship side and and kind of pack the pallets and then a crane would come and lift the pallets up in the air and put them on the ship so up until containerization came that's how most cargo uh... was shipped uh, somebody had a brilliant idea to 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 transition Uh, cargo from being loaded loose on ships um, into boxes and what kind of boxes were they going to be because the domestic trailers weren't going to work because they're too kind of light and not secure enough so they came up with a steel shipping container that was um, much tougher much better equipped to handle conditions at sea and that's when the containerization process began and it just completely changed the way um, you ship cargo to and from different places. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, now you can pack. There's one or there's a series E that'll take. I, I, I is this right? It will take eighteen thousand twenty-foot containers. Is that absolute for real?
0: That that is true. Um, <laughs> these ships are just. They keep. I
1: see the picture. I don't they know keep getting it. big.
0: Yeah, they keep getting bigger and bigger, but but at the same time, they're limited to only certain trade lanes. Um, because uh, you know things like the Panama Canal or uh, sure. the way the which depth just of certain expanded. ports are dredged, sure. which they just expanded, but um, there's still physical limitations to what can go through the canal, um, as well sure. as the level of the the level that certain ports are dredged, don't allow for mm. larger than oh, typical yeah. size ships. So really, those types of mega ships do exist, but they only they only serve certain trade lanes, such as U.S. West Coast to to um, Asia and back.
1: So I it's kind of see. wide open oh,
0: sea. Go. But. Yeah, got a lot of volcanic And then there, there's also. Yeah, 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 and you, and you also have the challenge of working the ship, unloading the ship, and loading the ship that big. Oh, yeah. uh, it takes a long time. And it's and it's uh, there's multiple cranes that are used to to work the ship, so that's challenging also because not every port is equipped to have a ship that big, you know, call sure, and, sure. And, uh, and get worked.
1: Well, my goodness, with that uh, rather. Uh, heavy uh, and tempting nosh at today's Feast of Wisdom, I think it's time uh, for me now to uh, fulfill my duties as proper host and lay before you a few utensils for furthering our Feast of Wisdom today. And first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And really, since that's the most important job you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you look at all those persuaders, all those subtle and not-so-subtle media messages urging you to do it this way or that, and resist those that don't fit your individual goals? Or will you resign yourself to the manipulation of others' directives? The choice, my friend, is truly, truly yours. The second utensil, I can sense Everyone's your individual yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take us to scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Whips book. So let me haul it on over here. Let's start from the back. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Number 95. Number 95. Our company has a very aged staff. We allow no employee to retire until she has accomplished something. <laughs> and as an afterthought, uh,. Just what have you accomplished this week? Have you got any plans to build yourself some pride? And just as important, does your supervisor know of all these plans and strivings? Have you gently made her aware by asking her advice on some of these items? Just a thought. So if you smirked a little bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit Bart'sBooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips, and you are going to have yourself a fistful outlandishly clever witticisms that are going to inspire a chortle out of all your fellow chain gangers at work. Why not? Have a little fun. And as a third sure. utensil, uh, perhaps we should appropriately entitle this the East India Spice Spoon, we, uh, we're we going to proffer you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who noted, the customer is the most important visitor on our premises. We are not doing him a favor by serving him. He is doing us a favor by giving us the opportunity to serve him. Those words came from none other than the giant world leader and father of nonviolence, Mahatma Gandhi. And later on in the show, blurting your way, stick with us because we're going to have another enriching quotation. And if you Uh, are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote. Simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Barts Books Bookstore. So now, with utensils in hand, my friends, let's step aboard our Wizard of Shipping Logistics Both the man who can containerize your freight costs, Mr. Abed Medawar. Now, Abed, from your position, you've got a fairly good seat for monitoring global trade trends. And uh, when we talked, uh, you were saying that our past recession has actually served to spark a surge in
0: international trading. How did you see that play out? Well, I I think... um prior to the recession um, the, the the process of trading had developed and evolved by um the ease of communication you know it we've become a sort of a united world you know uh, um it, it, back in the day you used to send a fax and then <clears throat> wait a day or right. two to, to hear back or a telex even before that and now with the internet it's just made such a big difference to to put people together allow for communication to um uh, to lead to dialogue and communication and exchanges of pictures and videos and everything else and it just made for easier trade and so we saw that in the early in the late 90s and the 2000s and <laughs> it led to an increase in trade and then a the recession came so, um uh-huh. and we took a, a major step back but those same conditions still exist or even better today um so uh, it, if the recession did one thing it just it it allowed people to continue to uh, evolve in the way they speak with each other and communicate 24 hours a day um if they wish um and through many different means um like <laughs> Skype uh, their phones apps email um video conferencing regular phones even still fax so I think that's probably what came out of the recession. I don't know that the recession was directly responsible for that, but since the recession, anyway, we've seen yeah. a lot of recovery around the world, and we're not there yet, but we're, we're getting there bit by bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I so think the I think it is made the us all a little of, yeah. hungrier too. So, and speaking of hungry, you could, if you wanted to, I mean, I could uh, show you how the bananas are uh, are 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 doing in the hold. I could literally. Show you that uh, show both both the uh, shipper and the receiver uh, on that by just literally uh, running around
0: my my little laptop or even my phone. Right, that's exactly right. Yeah, and to your point yeah. about what you said about hunger, it did it, the recession did create opportunities where um, people were really really looking for new business, and so they were much more open to working with each other than probably before.
1: Huh. Well. By the way, just uh, I must have bananas on the mind here. What
0: does it take
1: to get a load of? Because I think most of us don't understand this. I know everything is faster. I know that that on the grocery stores uh, shelves we're eating things that seem totally out of season. If I'm getting a batch of fruit up from Chile and I want them into uh, Port Elizabeth, Port New York, how how fast do they get shipped up here? How how quickly does that
0: happen? Um, I probably 3 weeks or so uh would be a good oh, number okay. you 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 have options as you do when you go to book a, a ticket on an airplane uh you can go direct you can you can change planes um depending on how much you want to pay same thing really with cargo right, right. shipping is often often you have options that you can choose from so if you want the fastest route probably about 3 weeks mm-hmm.
1: oh okay all right that's that's amazing when you consider to get the uh, spice of nut, nutmeg uh, to go on that banana. Uh, just, uh, oh, Lord, even, even only 180 years ago would have been uh, three months to, to two years. Anyway, yeah. um, as I understand it, Somerset Marine is really your entrepreneurial baby, which you founded back in 2000. And I'm curious, what, what led to the launch? I mean, were you uh, a, a Marlon Brando on the waterfront, man. A fan, or or uh, <laughs> what inspired you? What inspired the curiosity about shipping for for you and get you into it? Well,
0: what ins- well originally what inspired me into shipping was just um, the the communication that I mentioned earlier on a global level. I, I enjoy working with clients and customers and agents and friends all over the world, and shipping provides that um, international shipping. Anyway, um, as far as um, I'm sorry, what was your other question? Um, the other part of your well, question? Well, I also, account.
1: yeah, what, what got you, and that's what got you inspired about it. Now, uh, so you're into it, and you started the company, and it, it seems to me as if you yep. have this huge body of knowledge that uh, that you have to take hold of all the time and, and, and constantly update. So for the listener in our audience, I mean, someone who is who wants to either get in, in some sort of, may not be as, as brave as you to launch his own, own, own company, but he wants to get into some aspect of the shipping advisory trade. Where do they begin? How do they, I mean, do they hang out by the docks? <laughs> where, where do they go to learn uh, I think, anything about this?
0: You know, and I think the best thing to do is, is to... Um, do a couple of things um get connected with a shipping agency um you know either on a part-time or full-time basis start to get into the into the process start to learn the ways of international shipping and also if it's possible at night or weekends or even online take some courses um that that help Develop a fundamental understanding of shipping basics. What is a letter of credit? What is a? How does a terminal operate? Um, what are like you, you you mentioned the size of the ships before? What are the different types of ships and aircrafts? Just very basic knowledge would be a good way to good way to start. But certainly picking up experience in the industry um, at an entry level is is a good place to start, and then and then it just builds up from there over time.
1: Okay. Uh, well, if you have just joined us, you are listening to the Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace. Where well, you may listen and download this and all our episodes by visiting blogtalkradio.com/slash/the art of the CEO. Again, that's blogtalkradio.com/slash/the art of the CEO, and. Uh, one of the uh, and before we go to a uh, break, I wanted to ask one thing that's been preying on my mind. You you talked about shipping a whole plane by a plane. Uh, I know there's been major improvements of it in in the uh, air freight industry. Could you give us an idea of how much? They even lumber with air freight. How how large are people sending uh, shipping freight by air? How, how what what kind of size? Um, What are some of the bigger things that are being shipped by air now? Bigger uh, weights.
0: Sure. Um, Well, I think there's a a Russian-made cargo airplane that uh, is a is a record setter and and usually, for example, in the oil and gas industry where they have these these gigantic you know rigs or ta- t- tanks or just really big pieces of freight, typically will charter that kind of an aircraft to get it from point a to point B for a particular job or you know for for uh, to meet a certain deadline on a project so you, you know you, you see things like entire trucks trailers um, uh, certainly the military ship tanks and, and helicopters, you know, a lot of things can fly by air, especially in those mega-sized airplanes. Um, oh my you know, gosh. The, the really the limitations depend on the trade lane and the type of aircraft that are regular fly, oh. regularly flying in trade lanes. Um, but once mm-hmm. you go outside of that, and if you want to go bigger, then you have to charter an airplane, and that can get very expensive. Um, but, oh, I'll
1: bet, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: Okay. Uh, I hate to, to, to stop, but uh, right now it's really time for uh, us to take, well, say, a brief sorbet from this Feast of Wisdom, which you've been giving us, Abbott, and allow me to introduce you the company, by whose good graces we're here today, and that company is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And this very first day of spring, Prometheus Publishing uh, would invite you to take a look at a book which is going to spark some incisive thought and a lot of sharper direction in your business life. It's uh, simply called Manage Your World on One Page. It was created by uh, a CEO turned international C-suite consultant, a friend of mine, Dr. Stephen Payne. And this book offers some truly simple solutions that are going to organize both your goals and your methods, and it's going to cut out all the business confusion and distractions, and it's going to give you some clarity and focus, which you yourself already have, and you're going to supply it as you work through this book, and it's going to boost your confidence. It's also going to do something else. It's going to become a great tool for communicating your vision to others on the team. So you may pick up a copy of... Manage your world on one page from Bart's Books, Bart. dot com bookstore. That's B A R T S B O O K S. dot com. And by the way, while you're on the site, don't forget if you enjoyed today's quip and you said, "Gee, I'd like to have another little bit of laughter," flung at me. Um, We just click on that little blue mailbox, and that will subscribe you absolutely free by the eternal enigma of email. Uh, You're going to receive every week a new dose of laughter and a little afterthought wisdom. So I pass that on to you. And speaking of delivering focus and clarity and thrift... I invite you to turn your ear back with me to the incisive insights of Mr. Abbott Medawar, president of, of Somerset Marine, who is demystifying the, <laughs> the ever-revolutionizing world of shipping, and which is something that we all need. Um, Abbott, uh, I understand. You, you told me one interesting story uh, uh, a while back. You said that uh, as with any trade, you know, shipping logistics has its Tricks and techniques, and you told me once that it's not too unusual for a shipper who's shipping a, a large and expensive object, if time is no object, to let it sit on the dock unclaimed, wait till they put it up for auction, and then go to the auction at dockside and from and at the warehouse, and he'll pick it up a lot cheaper. I mean, have you ever seen that? Does does that work?
0: You know, it does, and it happens all over the world. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunately a way for people to get around the system, so to speak. Um, they do uh-huh. uh, assume risk. They do assume risk when the freight is left abandoned that uh, somebody else right. can outbid them or somebody else can get there before they did. But if they're willing to take that risk, then um, there's a, a, a likelihood of, of success of – you know um mm-hmm. robbing the shipper out of <laughs> out of out of uh money and really just uh, you know and and it doesn't happen in, in often in, in in places like the u s or say western europe But mm-hmm. some okay. areas where there's greater exploitation greater corruption um yeah. uh less security you know it it does happen frequently
1: well you know I have heard of one that actually a uh, friend i knew uh built a prototype that it made in China, and somehow the Chinese manufacturer of the prototype put the wrong address and sent it down. He wanted it in New York, and it ended up in Washington, and uh, somebody else bought it and sold it back to the manufacturer. <laughs> so I guess yeah. these things yeah. happen. Um, happened. They, there they is do happen. something I, I know that... Um, say that uh ninety percent of virtually everything bought and sold now goes by ship, and as you were saying, you can fit eighteen thousand twenty foot containers uh at the same time, I understand that uh there's uh that piracy is at an all time high that that i've that they they say there's more people assaulted by pirates, or ships or seafarers, we should say, assaulted by pirates than uh, actual assaults in South Africa, which is the highest assault rate in the, in the planet. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but that's what they're saying. So my question is, between things like, is piracy even a consideration? And what are, what are the odds of my goods getting back and forth? I mean, I know, you know, in... in uh in the in the eighteenth century it was about fifty percent to go from to get a boat uh from uh the Caribbean into london and by the eighteenth century they were uh, by the next century it went up to about eighty percent what are What are my odds of of what what kind of risk am I taking by by boat shipping?
0: The odds are very small um steamship lines as much as you and <coughs> excuse me as much as you and I have invested in our freight and making sure that our container or piece of cargo gets there safely, steamship lines have much more at stake because they have ships and they have crew on the ships and they have a lot of containers and a lot of cargo. And certainly the ship itself is worth a lot of money. So um, I, know, I know that the shipping industry has adjusted quite a bit um, to protect against piracy. For example, if they're going through a known pirated area, um, they'll they 'll go faster. The ship will actually travel faster so that these pirates can 't catch huh. up to them in their little small boats and yeah and they do and that 's been successful they' they 're very successful as a matter of fact. We ship a lot to the Middle East and um, Somalia is an area, and that area around Somalia has been uh, right. a high risk area for a few years now but the, the steamship lines we work with know that, of course, and so they they speed through the area, and and you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, there's no issues. Now, they they also lately or recently, I should say, in the last few years, have put armed guards on ships um, to protect against pirates. Should should they slow down enough where they can get caught, then at least they have uh, armed teams to protect the ship and any assets against pirates.
1: I. I didn't realize it so you're saying that one of these huge uh, they I, I, we always think of this lumbering one of these huge cargo ships is is going to actually outrun the uh, the, the, the small uh, whatever whatever pirate ships they're using I i, I suppose I don't use the Jolly Roger anymore
0: but uh, well that's what they tell uh, us that's, I, what the lines, yeah. that's what the steamship lines that's what the steamship lines that operate those ships tell us is, is uh, one of the, the common uh, tricks yeah. Uh, is that they outrun them? oh my gosh
1: i was wondering if if we could uh just as one last thing i'd i'd like to sort of take a piece of give- give, give you a challenge here and uh the talk small for a moment uh i have a friend uh Joe Sciolo, who's founded an absolutely meteoric game. It's called Watch Your Mouth, and it's, and it's now selling literally by the millions. And it's being made in China. And each of the game, it's a lightweight little game. Each one measures by, oh, the, the, the box measures by about 10 by 5 by 5 inches. And so he's a small business shipper, although he needs huge, uh, he's needing increasing numbers. And supposing Joe comes to Abid Matawar and needs your help, what are some of the options that you might suggest to him from getting his, uh, his game, to uh yeah, he uh, the site is he lives in car it's uh, Carteret New Jersey so that's that's where he is and uh are where his plant is and so could he uh what would what would you suggest just right off the top of your head with someone who come walks into your door and says
0: that I think the first thing I would do with him as I would with any shipper really is is assess his needs what what is it that he needs to do and and what's important to him um, hypothetically speaking, let's say his shipments are small packages. It may be that the best solution for him is a courier company like a DHL or a FedEx or UPS um, that can that can ship those items one at a time on a door-to-door basis. Very easy, very convenient, and affordable. But once once the uh, quantity starts to add up, let's say enough to to fill a pallet or two pallets. Uh, worth of material right. then it may be worth looking at cargo options um either to right. ship the pallet or two pallets or three pallets by sea or ship them by air um and then right. we'll need to understand it, you know whether what's important to him if it's speed or cost and adjust accordingly but that's how it sort of scales up depending on the size of the cargo and and what it, what his needs are
1: okay i mean he recently i know one one shipment was 300 so he's got Three hundred thousand units coming in. Um, sure. Obviously, the uh, yeah, I know it's, it's amazing. Uh, the the our culture, huh? Anyway, uh, he is is coming in from this Chinese manufacturer. Now, and some are small. He does do small land shippings, like like you've just suggested. But for a large thing like that, what is the real differential between? Is there a huge differential between air and and sea costs? Price differential.
0: Typically, and this is just a generalization, but typically air freight will cost you three or four times than sea freight.
1: Um,
0: Not always the case when it's smaller quantities because sometimes when you ship smaller quantities by sea, you have to pay certain minimums that add up. Um, So uh, if it's small enough, then that ratio kind of goes away. But at a certain point, that ratio does come into play where you know if you if you have a pallet that's say five hundred pounds and you know forty eight right. by forty eight by sixty inches typical pallet it's probably going to cost you right. three or four times more to fly it than to, than to ship it by sea
1: okay abbott i we have to we're coming to the end sadly I, i've got to have you back, but just quickly now, if i am if a person who needs to know shipping options and needs to get things shipped, how can i Come and get the wisdom and shipping logistics expertise from you and Somerset Marine. How do I get in touch with you?
0: Well, uh, go on our website, SomersetMarine.com is one option. Hmm. Um, email me at, uh, and my email address is abbott at SomersetMarine.com, or call the office at 908 431 7655.
1: Okay. I mean, this is, it's this has been very enlightening for me. I, I have found the I, I view it uh view this vital industry uh with a great deal of mystery and I, you have demystified an awful lot of it. So I thank you very much for coming on the show.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Bob. All right. Uh,
1: Okay, and as we round out today's feast, just allow me to remind you that I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's quotation, who was it who said, it's not that the Irish are cynical, it's that they have a wonderful lack of respect for everything and everybody. (laughs) And as a hint, this uh, famed uh, writer of the old sod was the author of the Fellow play, And if you know the author of that quote, if you know his name, just scribble it right down and send it right off to info at BartsBooks.com, and you will win an absolutely power-thrusting, career-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, why is it that selling yourself, which is probably the easiest item in the world to sell, is so poorly done by so many of us in the business community. (laughs) And do tune in next week to the art of the CEO, because we are going to bring you Adam Lipson, a remarkable salesman for accounting principles, who with host Bart Jackson is going to bring you a bit of a career surprise. He's going to talk how you can work your way up through temporary positioning. Fascinating idea. And to you, who have been gleefully sharing our feast. I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO show as much as I have, and Abbott has enjoyed bringing it to you. Remember, you may download this and all our shows by simply visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you.